Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And uh, today we have with us uh, Mr. Ajay Rama Subramanyam, uh, who is the founder of Startup Rizzo, uh, which is a tech entrepreneurship ecosystem connecting startups with corporates. Uh, hi Ajay, welcome to ELI. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on this talk and it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I would uh, request you uh, to introduce yourself to our audience, please. Sure. So, so like you just uh, spoke about it, my name is Ajay Ramasubramaniam. I'm a founder of uh, startup Rezo. Uh, I've been in the startup ecosystem in India for the past uh, eight years, setting up uh, incubators, accelerators with a wide bunch of uh, partners and sponsors, as you may know it. Uh, but Startup Rezo is in my own entrepreneurial venture, which I started about two and a half years back the sole objective of building out accelerators and entrepreneurship development programs and innovation labs in emerging markets. So while we're headquartered in Mumbai, India, we operate across India, Southeast Asia, and Africa. Okay. Uh, tell us a bit more about Startup Rezo, what it is about, and what are the different services that we are offering? Sure. So the name Startup Rezo itself, the first part is a more obvious one or straightforward one. It uh, directly tells who, who are uh, TG or target audiences, it's startups. And Rezo is a French word for network, and our business is built on uh, a network of four pillars, which are by themselves uh, our business verticals, uh, as I can as I can say, uh, the first one is enterprise. So we work with extremely large corporates, Fortune 500 companies, large Indian uh, companies, multinationals, for whom we help them set up and operate startup accelerators and innovation labs. So just like startups are all the time uh, innovating, iterating, and building out stuff, corporates that have been around for 10 years, 50 years, 100 years, if they do not innovate, uh, they can they can lag behind in the race. So they are constantly looking at innovation and. They, they recognize that there's a whole bunch of uh, startups out there, young people, people with experience who are building out stuff to solve enterprise-grade problems, consumer problems. And corporates are looking at uh, finding ways in which they can reduce their, their time to market when it comes to innovation. And that's the reason why they set up accelerators, innovation labs, corporate venture capital funds. But uh, the, the struggle or the challenge that they face is that a lot of times they're not equipped to run and operate this. So we come in as a turnkey operator, we help them structure and, and operate. So about 70% of our time revenue, everything is, is aligned to a lot of the corporate accelerators and innovation labs that we run. The second vertical is capital. Uh, 2022 is a year that we have earmarked for starting to make uh, early stage or pre-seed kind of investments. Uh, for, for now, we are looking at uh, East Africa as a market where we're looking at deploying some early stage capital for a simple reason that we have been operating there for about a year and a half. And that ecosystem is much more nascent than India. So the, the rupee or the dollar can, can run more than a mile that, than it uh, does over here. And we're looking at making a very, very early stage investments, typically in the dollar 10K to 25K uh, range, which unfortunately in India, you can obviously syndicate, but uh, for a strategic reason, we have started to look at Africa for doing that. So funding is the second one or capital is the second one. Our third vertical is uh, market access. Uh, so we do uh, two things. One is uh, companies from uh, growth markets, like whether it's North America, uh, Europe, uh, Southeast Asia, who are looking at expanding into India. We run structured market access accelerators and programs, which allows them to soft land in India. Uh, but our by far biggest program is Startup Bridge Canada, which uh, takes Indian entrepreneurs to, to Canada. Now, Canada as a part of the extended uh, North American ecosystem is... Uh, 
is is pretty much something which uh, not too many entrepreneurs are well aware of and me and and a colleague having worked in the in the canadian government for considerable time and then me having worked with a a canadian uh, university backed accelerator in india we know the canadian ecosystem fairly well and uh, from our perspective uh, companies that are looking at uh, getting into north america uh, instead of trying to push hard and get into the us uh, canada makes a, a safer uh, better alternative so we have been running uh, startup rich canada for the last uh, 12 months and 108 indian companies have uh, soft landed in canada through that program and this is something that we'll continue to build on likewise we work with government of australia and government of uk as well to run programs to bring companies uh, to india our last vertical is uh, services stroke advisory under which we operate our own brand of boot camps and pre accelerators and accelerators focusing on youth entrepreneurs women entrepreneurs domains like fintech and ai we also own three very strong uh, conference properties uh, one is uh, the mumbai ai summit which is vertically focused on ai as a domain and two corporate innovation summits one focusing on africa called the east africa corporate innovation summit and one focusing on india called as uh, next uh likewise we are very strong in fintech and and run a very strong fintech community under fintech oi or fintech open innovation so that's the reason why we call ourselves an ecosystem uh, because while startups are at the core of everything we do we have built out these four verticals which every startup will require at at some point or the other they are always going to require enterprise customers they are going to require capital they are going to require market access and they are going to require platforms where they can express themselves where they can engage with different stakeholders so that's how our, our business is very interconnected okay so uh, speaking of a ecosystem uh, model i think uh, we are doing a lot of uh, diverse things but would be very curious to know how we make our revenue what is our revenue model sure so uh, so like i said we are bootstrapped we haven't yet gone about uh, trying to raise capital in in future at some point uh, we might we will because that will allow us to to scale fast because what we are trying to do here is build out a brand so just like in the international market you have tech stars and plug and play and and founders factory and a whole bunch of them which are which are pretty much the ones that we want to be when it comes to emerging market you definitely need a dose of ammunition to to go after and and build out at scale so we definitely will go out and raise capital at some point in time but today we are bootstrap we are pretty much based on on revenues and that's why i said about 70% of our time goes into building out uh, programs for corporates and enterprises because that's where a bulk of our revenue comes having said that because we also run programs for governments we get paid a fee a retainer to kind of uh, build out those programs and execute or deliver and last is sponsorships particularly for events conferences and more smaller ticket stuff where brand visibility is something which is important for xyz brand they they put in some sponsorship which which gives them the the kind of mileage or the, the visibility they require so uh, the retainer the fee for service and and sponsorship these are three uh, avenues of, of revenue for us okay uh also tell us a bit about the uh, journey of uh, startup riso uh, like how how were the initial days and how it all started to where it is now how, i mean uh, what were the series of events that you have gone through to reach here that's a that's a very uh, good or a great question because just yesterday we had our our team meeting after quite some time because uh, with the pandemic uh, for a very long time we were trying to keep uh, people away from from office or getting them to travel <coughs> sorry but uh, in the past uh, few months we have we have uh, resumed office but we don't get a, everyone in on a daily basis uh, vaccination and a whole bunch of uh, other issues as well having said that 
when we started in in august 2019 1st of august 2019 is when we commenced operations uh, the first nine months were were fairly smooth because for a simple reason that me and the team we we had uh, worked in the in a similar space uh, before and there were there were some businesses by virtue of which uh, they they came to us much easier so the first nine months we surprised ourselves when it came to the kind of revenues that we were able to generate but uh, surprise surprise uh, when it came to march uh, 2020 just like the rest of the world kind of uh, started facing uh, challenges i mean our business was still fortunate uh, to to continue generating revenues but compared to the first 9 months the next uh, 12 months were were fairly tough a uh, lot of contracts got cancelled a uh, lot of a uh, lot of contracts got stripped down to almost 50% uh, when some of them they, they went unpaid so if you look at uh, april 2020 to march 2021 <clears throat> i would say that uh, almost 52% of uh, the contracts that we signed they they never kind of hit the bank account which was kind of tough as a as a business as a business owner having said that uh, again since april 2021 things have changed uh, changed for the the good change for the better because uh, a lot of spends have started to increase again again people have started uh, putting out programs so uh, we are we are in a much much better space today uh, there are a lot of businesses which struggle to get their their feet back up on the ground uh, there are a lot of businesses which struggle to kind of come out of such uh, impacts but i think uh, i wouldn't complain yes there can be lots more done but uh, for a young business which is just about two and a half years old i think we are doing uh, okay in terms of uh, being uh, being out there uh, winning customers working with some really solid reputable brands and generating revenue so we definitely are profitable but at the same time uh, our aspiration our goal is is much bigger the other thing is uh, even though the pandemic has had a lot of uh, negative uh, impact on on growth or business in general on life uh, i think one of the things that it has allowed to do as a business is to go after markets that we wouldn't have gone after this early uh, case in example is uh, is africa so while africa was on our uh, on our radar to do in in 2022 2023 what uh, the pandemic and the virtual world allowed us to do was to start experimenting very early on so exactly a year back 29th of uh, jan 2021 we did a soft launch of our uh, africa operations but in the last one year we have done uh, five pre accelerators in the continent uh, we have uh, we have partnered with some really marquee reputed uh, institutions and brands we have had 67 startups go through our accelerators in africa we have generated decent revenue in that market so all of these wouldn't have been possible if it was not for the virtual world so yes while uh, the pandemic has has kind of dented business in general i think it's it's very important that you use that opportunity to to kind of see where else you can add value how you can add value what are the new streams of business or new business models that you can you can actually kind of uh, go after and and that is that is what entrepreneurship is uh, all about and because you are talking at the the entrepreneur lounge of india i think it's very important to pass on that message to to people to viewers whoever is watching this that i think one of the core uh, qualities that an entrepreneur needs to have or, or a team of entrepreneurs needs to have is to is to kind of always be hustling always be looking out for opportunities never feel bogged down by anything that hits you there are so many things in life that happens when you're not looking around or when you're not planned for something 
but one should look at it as an opportunity and try to to make the best best of it so in that way i think one big takeaway for us uh, from the pandemic apart from everything we do is that we are we are actually able to build out a, a completely new business in a in a completely new environment in in a new continent and we are able to actually scale it so that's a that's a massive takeaway for me speaking of challenges uh, can you tell us what are the different challenges that you have faced so far while building and growing this model so uh, you have already spoken about the pandemic but uh, what are the other nuances of running a uh, ecosystem based model uh, i think uh, so while it is it is very exciting for a lot of people to to work in in organizations or or setups like ours whether it is incubators accelerators an ecosystem builder like you said uh, i think talent is a big challenge right uh, because from the outside it it might look very rosy it might look like a place i want to be in and and work at but one needs to understand that when you're working in a in a ecosystem enabler environment like like ours you need you need to don multiple hats yes at at some point when the the scale is much bigger you can have functional responsibilities but i think uh, the biggest challenge has been uh, availability of of talent and their and their expectations uh, we have had to let go of people we have brought in new people and it's something that i have not experienced just today even prior to this i used to run a fairly large uh, meta accelerator in india ran it for 6 years while we managed to retain people for with us for fairly long uh, looking around i used to always kind of uh, see that uh, uh, capacity building has has been a challenge so anyone who's operating an incubator and accelerator it's a, it's a common feature or a common item on their list when it comes to challenges that they that they face um otherwise i i don't look at lot of these things as uh, as challenges I, i think it's it's a part and parcel of any business <coughs> but yeah speaking up or talent uh, i think this is a common challenge across the industry every founder uh, finds it uh, tough to find the right people uh, for his or her venture so can you give some guidelines or some uh, w- working models uh, which which can be applied by any founder to find the right person yeah it it, it has always got to be a, a win win in in my my eyes right i mean as a founder you need to find someone who you're able to retain longer term work with longer term because if you're investing time resources efforts in in building up someone uh, you also are, are looking at an roi in in one way or the other likewise when i when i look at it from a talent perspective i want to to join a company which which yes it hires me for my my capabilities what i bring to the table but also it gives me an opportunity to upskill myself to to grow the ladder within the organization to to earn more uh, to get uh, exposed to to newer kind of challenges and avenues which otherwise i have not had access to so uh, i think from a founder perspective yes uh, you you got to be selfish when it comes to hiring you need to find people uh, that kind of uh, are able to kind of uh, bring something to the table and allow you to kind of fast track and and build towards the mission but as a founder you also need to 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 be uh, having uh, i mean that's that's about entrepreneurship right uh, you need to be uh, having that empathy uh, because if someone is is buying in your, into your vision and joining your company you also need to give them a fair chance to to kind of grow in life so you need to kind of work towards it you cannot kind of look at uh, people as employee number x or employee number y you need to kind of look at them as a as an individual an individual with aspiration individual having vision uh, for what they want to achieve 
uh, individual who wants to kind of uh, do something beyond just ha having a job description. So as a founder, you need to be open to having those conversations and uh, and helping people uh, grow in life. Yeah. Okay. As a founder, you are expected to uh, stay energetic and you are expected to, uh, to drive your venture and uh, the people who work with the venture. However, there will be instances where you feel tired or restless or you may lose the focus. And uh, when that happens, the business also suffers. So can you tell us how do you manage such situations where you lose focus? Take a break. It's very important. So I think that's something that uh, not just as founders, but Indians in general, we do not uh, follow as a principle. But I think it's uh, very important when I work, when I, so in the past I've worked with, uh, with Canadians and I mean, Canadians for the longest. I spent about uh, 10, 11 years working ex exclusively with Canadians, first with the government and then with the university. And one thing that was common was that uh, every quarter they would, they would take a week off, every quarter. Uh, it was either around, uh, I mean, probably even their years are built out uh, that way. In, in, in one quarter, you have a Christmas, the next quarter, you have Easter, then you have the summer holidays, then you have end of summer holidays, and people would always take a week off. I think uh, that's very important because a lot of times it's not about working for 11 or 12 months and then taking a month off. It's uh, it's it's not going to work. And, and a lot of times people pride upon themselves saying, I've just been working for three years. Probably you're doing disservice to yourself and probably the people you're working with. So I think it's, uh, it, I mean, I, I would presume that every organization has a leave policy where in a year you're entitled to X number of holidays. Either you plan your, your work in such a way that uh, every quarter you're able, to, sometimes even taking those three or four days off, it, it does a, a lot lot to you in, in terms of the, the mental space. I think that's that's the most important one. And also physically you need to, to have that breather. So, so something that I've tried doing is... Uh, in every quarter or every three to four months, try and take a, a short break here and there. Maybe I'm just doing nothing. I'm just sitting at home doing nothing, but it's important. Likewise, even on weekends, if, if unless and until it's kind of really required, I, I make sure that Friday night, once I'm back from work, uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday is, is just, just me time. Uh, I, I'm just sitting on a lounge and, and watching a movie or maybe I'm doing nothing. Uh, sleep it out. Uh, maybe read a book just to kind of get your head out of uh, the other work that is there on your head. So I think it's it's very important to kind of uh, detox in in whatever way that uh, that you can. Uh, and I would I would also encourage uh, people who are working for you to kind of adopt that as a as a mantra. I try and tell people, but uh, it's up to an individual whether they want to to do it or no. But I think. Uh, in the longer run, it's it's kind of beneficial because there are a lot of young people. So our team is, is completely young people, people who are probably just a little over than half my age. So I'm not very old, I'm like 41, but still when you're working with people who are maybe 23, 24, 25, uh, you definitely see that they are they, they they like what they're doing, they're spending long hours at work, but, but sometimes you need to kind of just uh, take a break. You need to kind of ensure that uh, you're taking care of yourself. So it's, it's I think it's important. How do you manage your time on a day-to-day -day basis? In other words, uh, can you tell us how does your calendar look like for a typical day? Yeah, so the, nowadays, I, I mean, for at least for the last uh, few years, I think I, I absolutely maintain a calendar, whether uh, it is someone who wants to meet me or talk to me, I say that, hey boss, first send me a proper calendar request because I want it to be on my calendar. And likewise, even if I think of something which is a to-do list of sorts, I, I just put it on my calendar. 
and I strike it off at the end of the day. If if there are ten things and I have been able to do eight, I move it promptly to the the next day. But it's it's very important that you have a practice of of maintaining a, a calendar, which is not just calendar for meetings or conversations like this, but also if it is a personal task that you have given yourself, just put it on your calendar. Ensure that you're you're doing it, even if it's for the future date. Just ensure that you that you put it and you're you're sticking to it. I think. Uh, Productivity is, is very important. I think one of the things, and the reason why a lot of companies have tried to, to get back to an office space rather than uh, work from home is that I think while in the initial days of the lockdown, uh, people were finding it uh, more convenient uh, to be at home and, and work. Uh, I think after the first three or six, three to six months, I think productivity started taking a, a hit because uh, there was no border between your personal and professional. And uh, as much as it is great to be at home, be around family, I think uh, after a point, it uh, you cannot kind of uh, balance yourself in, in two boats. So it, I think productivity started taking a hit. Uh, over a period of time, uh, virtual world or, or just being on, on Zoom calls and screens has its own level of uh, fatigue. Uh, people might think that the fatigue is just visual. It can be mental. It can be physical because... Uh, not all chairs are, are ergonomical and uh, kind of support your, your body structure, the, the way your back is supposed to be, neck is supposed to be. So I think uh, productivity started taking a, a huge hit there. And that's why I think it's important that uh, people meet face-to-face, they, they interact as much as possible. And that is, again, something that I, that I keep telling uh, people that if and when... Uh, events and conferences or other things start happening you should go out and meet people because it's and don't go out and meet people just wearing the hat of the the job that you do it's important to have conversations i think uh, as human beings that's what makes us different than uh, other living creatures right we have conversations we meet people we have different interests and a lot of times it's it's very important that uh, we strike conversations with people so yeah what would you say is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you how do you define the term entrepreneur creating and adding value in whatever way, uh, whatever you're doing, whether it's a product, it's a service. Like, so if people ask me, what, what, how would I define what we do? I think it is consulting plus services, but uh, in, in every business, whether you're building a, a physical product, uh, whether you're just creating convenience for someone, whether you're helping someone solve a problem, I think it's uh, very important that you're able to create value, either create value, from ground up or add value to whatever is already there. So I think that is, and that is why I guess uh, having that quality of empathy as a, as an entrepreneur as a, or, as an, or as a startup is very important. You need to have empathy for your customer, your stakeholders, and always focus on creating value for them. Okay. My final question for you, tell us about the lessons that you have learned as an entrepreneur which we can take away and apply to our ventures listen for that's that's a very broad one so i don't even know how to kind of uh, encapsulate that but uh, so i draw a lot of parallels between uh, sports management entrepreneurship because i feel that all of them they they, they teach a lot of things and i think at the core of it uh, what what you would find. So if you were to compare just sports and entrepreneurship, uh, and I'm a big uh, sports fan, and when I say sports, I essentially mean cricket, mm-hmm. but not that I don't like other sports. But I think uh, 
for me i think uh, between sports and entrepreneurship i think the biggest uh, common factor is is the team and uh, what a team sport or working in a team kind of uh, teaches and, and when i talk of entrepreneurship or startup i'm talking of smaller companies and because there are decons out there or unicorns out there which also are called startup but those are like proper structured big organizations i'm talking of much smaller companies because that gives you an opportunity to to know people as as individuals especially when you're smaller companies of 10 people 20 people maybe even up to 30 40 people mm-hmm. you can personally kind of know who works for you or who is a part of your setup when it's like 4000 people you obviously cannot know 4000 people but when you're a smaller startup i think it it gives you a huge opportunity because you're going to have people coming from different socio economic backgrounds you're going to have people coming from different cultures you're going to have people Uh, coming with different academic background uh, so when when you are a mix or a melting pot of 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 such people i think uh, there are a lot of things to take away from each other many things that we might take for granted mm-hmm. for someone else it might not be so that's why i mean even if you look at technology the reason why people say that when you're talking of technology like uh, artificial intelligence uh, it is very important to have diversity uh diversity in terms of not just man women or just the gender part of it but also people coming in from different cultures different countries because everyone is wired very differently so even when you're looking at uh, technologies like artificial intelligence which is probably one of the bigger game changers for next decade people say that ai research needs to have people from different backgrounds uh, different cultures different religions because when everyone is wired differently and they are contributing to it that is when ai really becomes strong so similarly if you look at uh, teams it's very important not to have biases mm-hmm. it is very important to build a multicultural team because yes you're building something you're going to go out there and, and and probably create value for someone but if you're bringing different kinds of people together under under one roof to work together uh, i think it it also contributes in a big way in in your own personal development so for me i think the one uh, biggest factor as a takeaway from from startup or any entrepreneurial journey is being able to to bring together diverse set of people because everyone grows and and more than anything else i think even from a personal development standpoint it it plays a big role okay uh i think on this point uh, we have come to the end of the session uh, thank you for your time ajay and our best wishes for startup is your Thank you so much. It was pleasure chatting with you and uh, taking those questions and and look forward to staying connected and and engage with uh, Entrepreneur Launch of India.